Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. The art of biblical discernment. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Proverbs 27 verse 12 tells us. Indeed, this biblical truth is reflected in an African saying, a dog which is about to die first loses its sense of hearing. In other words, when someone persistently ignores warnings or advice, you can be sure that they are about to find themselves in trouble or something far worse. Biblical discernment is a necessary skill for every believer, yet it is often strangely lacking. In an age of religious inclusivism, cultural relativism, scientific naturalism, and ancestor worship, deception quickly ensnares even the sincerest Christian. Without the ability to evaluate truth claims using the Bible, the church will struggle to defend the faith once for all delivered to the saints, as we find in Jude verse 3. So how can the church recover the art of biblical discernment? On the other hand, what happens when the church treats discernment as a non-essential? How can the church be equipped to distinguish between truth and error, darkness and light? Or as Spurgeon put it, how will we know the difference between what is right and what is almost right? Let's turn to Colossians chapter 2, which provides practical insights about this subject. In chapter 2 of Colossians, Paul exemplifies what church leaders are called to be and do. He calls attention to his great struggle for the believers in Colossae and Thessalonica. He was involved and concerned about the church. Elsewhere, he even speaks about being anxious for the well-being and faith of believers, as we find in Philippians 2 verse 28. But leaders who agonize and hate destructive error are in short supply today. Instead, we see great concern about the size of church buildings, the size of tithes, and their own popularity. But shepherds are called to lay down their very lives for the flock. If only church leaders would share Paul's burden, protecting the sheep from divisive error and carefully teaching them the only truth that can set them free. Only then can we see the church in Africa deepen its roots, blossom, and thrive, becoming a great commission post for reaching the world. In Colossians chapter 2 verses 2 and 3, Paul desired that the Colossians would attain all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ himself. Why does he want them to have such knowledge? So that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, he says in verse 4. The better you know the truth, the more readily you will recognize and reject error. If you are daily seeking to grow in your understanding of all that Jesus is and all that he has done for you, you won't easily be led astray by inferior alternatives. The church that stands firm against error is the kind whose members are plumbing the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, as we find in verse 3. We must remember 
that false teachers manipulate the unwary through numerous means. Sometimes they boast of God's favor to them. Others burden the church with guilt. They make promises God has not made. Like the serpent in Genesis 3, they often hide error under a thin veil of distorted truth. But in his other episodes, Paul gives us a clear advantage. He describes these tricks so that we can see them clearly and resist. In Colossians chapter 2, he warns against four types of error that might tempt and mislead. Each one comes with an explicit or implied let no one. Let no one take you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Colossians 2 verse 8, such as the false scholarship and scripture twisting of the Jehovah's Witnesses. He says, let no one act as your judge about food or observing special holidays. That is verse 16. And this has to do with errors promoted, for instance, by missionary sects such as Seventh-day Adventism and Mormonism. Let no one disqualify you for your prize through self-abasement and claims of visions. We find that in verse 18. These are represented by counterfeit prophets such as Ellen G. White, William Marion Branham, and David O'Wall of Kenya, Elvis Mbonya of Uganda, to mention but a few. Let no one, he says again, impose their man-made regulations on you, in verses 21. And this has to do with attempts to reintroduce Old Testament dietary laws, and even newer ones, such as shunning coffee and tea, making them a test of salvation. We must not allow ourselves to be seduced by false teachers' impressive but empty philosophy and cunning deceptions. Rather, we must apply Paul's reminders of the surpassing fullness and freedom we have in Christ. In him we are made complete, because Jesus is the head over all rule and authority, as we find in verse 10. So why do so many fail to take discernment seriously? The answer is more than a matter of having the right information or a special gift or correctly assessing truth claims. Too often, believers choose to be indifferent towards the danger of false teachings. We might dismiss it as none of our business or as something that should only be addressed by church leaders. We may even go as far as thinking that people who are deceived deserve it. Such Christians stay in their comfort zones until a friend or a neighbor or a loved one becomes a victim. That's when they wake up and seek help, but too often it is too late. However, if the pastor serves as a true watchman, this need not happen. True spiritual fullness is found in Christ, not in spirits, powers, invisible forces, angels, visions, or modern-day prophets and apostles. Whoever comes to Christ and heeds his word does not only receive life. He or she inhabits a place of safety and strength. Robert Critchley's timeless hymn says it well, that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. 
To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.